0: My name is Arielle Beth Klein, and I put together a series of interviews with people from different walks of life, all beginning with the same three prompts your first love, your best friend, and your untold story. This episode, I chat with Glenn. This was the first interview that I recorded, so I'm still working out the kinks of the questions here, but I'm really excited to share it with you. Meet Glenn.
1: Gigantic microphone.
0: I'm just going to assume that it's recording.
1: Can you not hear it again?
0: I can hear it in the headphones, but I see it on the computer.
1: That's <laughs> so weird, okay.
0: The podcast is called Prompt, so I'm just gonna start with um, a prompt that you already know, um, mm. because hashtag consent. <laughs> 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 um, and then yeah, we can just talk and see, and see what's up. Okay. So will you tell me and our studio audience in their ears <laughs> about your first love.
1: Yeah, my first love, uh, when you asked me, well, when I heard that prompt, first love, I thought, does it mean like romantic love? Does it mean like, you're, what does it mean? And a person came to mind immediately um, who actually became my first like romantic love as well. But her name is Tessa, and I met her when I was like six or seven. We met very young. We danced together in a like arts outreach program. For kids. Um, And she was just, like, a very dear friend of mine. We were, like, very close. That was my best friend growing up, but close to it. Um, And she was the first person I realized, like, oh, you can love someone outside of your family. And I didn't have, like, a romantic love for her. I don't even think I understood. I know I didn't understand at that age what romantic love was. But I found out, like, oh, you can love someone who you're not related to. That's neat. Um, And then eventually, (laughs) like, I started loving, you know, my other friends and my teachers and stuff. And then it wasn't until my junior year of high school that her and I started becoming attracted to each other and becoming romantically involved, and I think she became my first romantic love as well. Like I had like people I dated like middle school, early high school who like I quote unquote loved, but I don't I don't think I was actually in love with anyone romantically up until I was in love with her. So she came to mind. I think it's cool that she was the first person I loved outside of my family, and it was also my first like romantic love. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my first love.
0: It was more legit than just an aim away message, Toads in love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and we also we so we started dating my junior year of high school through my senior year through my freshman year of college when I went away and then like that got really tough obviously like you know doing long distance relationships are always tough but especially like when you're supposed to be finding yourself as much as you are when you're in college yeah and then eventually when she went to college it was just too much with like her trying to do her thing and find herself and I me mean, trying to do my thing and find myself but also trying to like be us um and then I think we actually we ended up breaking up when I moved out to New York. So she was going into her sophomore year. I would have been going into my junior year.
0: So you guys were together for the first three years of college? For my
1: first two years of college. Because she's two years younger than me. Right? A year younger than me?
0: But either way, you got through like a whole year of college. We got
1: through my first year of college. Wow. That's what it was. We got through my first year of college. My sophomore year of college, when she went into her freshman year, we broke up. But then we got back together when I moved to the city.
0: Oh. Where was she in school?
1: She was in Pittsburgh.
0: So closer, but still far.
1: Closer, and we saw each other, like, a few times, but still, like, she was also, like, doing a major and a minor. Like, she was crazy busy. Like, still not in a place to, like, try to sustain. Yeah. Even a relationship, because I don't don't think she started another relationship for, like, at least a year um so yeah we tried it again and it didn't work but
0: that's cool though i feel like i I, until i was an adult i wasn't like let's try this again especially in college i was like oh you don't have that band that i like next (laughs) like i think i was so specific in college because i came from like figuring out who i was to then Uh being like these are my standards and then i was like Oh, one check mark nope and then Gone. I just yeah. like never dated in college I mean I dated a lot of people one time in college did you really? yeah
1: I dated nobody in college I had no relationships in college outside of Tess my freshman year
0: that makes sense
1: though. yeah I think my end of my sophomore year especially because half of the year my sophomore year I was like oh I'm not going to continue this college thing so I took the last half of my sophomore year To just kind of turn it into a conservatory, I dropped all my, like, gen eds. Did a bunch of dance and acting classes. And focused, like, I made myself number one more than I think I ever have. Outside of, like, maybe years here and there in New York City. But it was, like, just me. I don't even think I, like, went on dates. That's
0: really cool now.
1: Yeah. And she was probably doing the same. I assume.
0: That's cool that you guys... I'm just baffled that you guys stayed together for an entire year because, I mean, we weren't... I'm just thinking about when I went to college. Before I even went to college, I was panicking about how do we do long distance, and I was only with this guy for, like, four months, but he was like, my high school crush that we finally, you know, finally hooked up senior year, and I was like, amazing, it's love forever, and then I panicked and was like, we should just be single, and then into college. Granted, my... My first year, my first semester, I was like, this was a mistake. And then during winter break, I was like, it was a mistake. And he was like, this was a great idea. And I was like, oh, oh okay. No. <laughs> so <laughs> <also> i <quite laughs> perpetuated. But no, I just think that it's really... It says a lot about you and her as as people to stick it out through it being so difficult, being so young.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know that we... I think probably... In hindsight, probably the, the reason we did like try it was because like we had known each other for so many years, like we were a part of each other's life. We were at dance every day, I saw her every day, of almost every year, and even like well before we were dating, actually more before we were dating, she lived like out in the boondocks, so like forty five minutes away from like the town we all like grew up dancing in, and she would always like. Have, like, the whole company over. Like, the whole company was, like, nine people. It was, like, a huge company. But we all got really close because we would be over, and inevitably it would get too late, and we would all, like, spend the night. Like, and we would sometimes do that for, like, a weekend straight. Like, so we saw a lot of each other. We were very close. and, And I think the reason we tried so hard to maintain it through what is a really trying thing is because we were hugely important to each other at that point like we had known each other for longer than we hadn't if that makes sense like yeah so yeah i think that's why and had it been like a four-month relationship before going to college i think we would have been like nah i don't know she was
0: with growing up she was like one of your best friends yeah
1: yeah const- constantly she was one that like i was always looking forward to saying always laughing anytime she was doing anything at her house i was like yep i'm going to tessa's like and that's kind of how everyone was. Her family was also like that, like, average like Italian family. Like, her mom was everyone's mom. There was always a bunch of food. Like, yeah, there was kind of, my home away from home was the dance studio, and then my home away from that home was probably Tess's house from the age of, like, seven through high school. So after, like, 11 years, yeah, of course. Like, we face this year in college. Like, yeah, it's, it's worth trying. And it was, yeah. I don't, I don't regret it. I don't think she does either. Yeah, that'd be weird too.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of best friends, <laughs> <clears throat> um, I'm also just chatting with people about um, where they are in their lives right now and how they met and, and who their best friends are around them and who they choose to surround themselves with now. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think in your life is your best friend
1: I, I, the person that comes to mind immediately is my uh, a co-worker at Steps uh, Luis um, he, uh, he started there on work study I want to say like two years ago and immediately once he got there I was like oh I want to promote him as soon as I get a chance like I knew he was obviously a hard worker always very pleasant to be around Um, and I think even before I promoted him to manager, every Thursday night we worked together, I'd be like, do you want to go get a drink after work? would be like, yeah. And it was kind of our go-to thing to like go get a drink after work every Thursday. And I think because, I I don't know, I was just immediately attracted to like his energy and his presence and he's always very aware of like how he's treating people. we just immediately hit it off and I found that we had like a lot in common in our upbringing we're both um, Latino and uh, our moms especially like any story that comes up about his mom I'm like that's my mom and not that like that's why he became my best friend but now in retrospect I'm like oh we get along so well because our ideals are exactly the same and our values are in- incredibly aligned and we think of the world the same way and we have the same amount of respect for like our jobs and ourselves and our families and he's someone that like I know not that like your friends shouldn't challenge you, but I know like he will be a good soundboard because if I come up on some decision I have to make, I know that he's gonna be able to make the decision I would make if I was thinking clearly, because we just have the same thought process on things um and he's really funny and that's i mean that's always my best friend i would do anything for him i actually really early on told him like if he ever had to deal with like getting uh deported i was like we'll just get married and he was like no i was like yeah started crying both of us crying and then my friend later on was like no, that'd be too hard now with social media they would immediately be able to point out that like you cannot I was like, oh, that's a bummer. That's honestly one of the biggest bummers I faced <laughs> in a while. Is like knowing that I couldn't marry Louise because of social media, of all things.
0: Well, I feel like it's something that you could stage, but we shouldn't talk about in case. Like, hey, we're don't talking. talk about it
1: now. Yeah, no, it's too late. So now. how? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just one of my favorite things is watching you and Louise interact. Just walking to the train or at a bar and I feel like a third wheel and it's my favorite thing in the world because I feel like You guys just like I mean, I think we all get along really well, but I think that you guys can just Talk about anything anywhere be happy anywhere Mm -hmm. And just it's it's really it's super fun.
1: Yeah, we do like we tend to I've had we've had several especially coworkers when we're like joking around in the office they're like, ugh, you guys are so annoying. And it's kind of like, you know when you're in a relationship and you're like, are we being that cute couple? That annoying, like, gross couple? And when the answer is yeah, you're like, oh well. I think that's <laughs> often Luis and I, as far as, like, a friendship. And honestly, even as a, as a couple goes. I think there have been a couple of people who are like, you guys aren't in a relationship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the true indication of a best friend, I think. Yeah, I think so, too, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I Were think we've guys- surprised a couple of people.
0: Were you guys um, like immediately, oh, we're best friends now? Or did you guys like get to know each other over the span of working together and then kind of the friendship developed?
1: No, mm-hmm. I, I think it developed, but I think immediately, like I said, there was just something that we just, we just like clicked. Like, we, I never was irritated by him or even like slightly annoyed by something he would do or say. He was like, politically and socially and ideologically, like, just always like anything he said, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Or like, oh, that's how I look at it. Or, and again, not that, like, I think you should also surround yourself with people who like, challenge the way you think or your point of view. But I think especially in this city that like, Constantly is trying to like take as much energy from you as it can because that's just like what's necessary to like live and thrive here I think another thing I try to focus on is like What what things am I giving energy to that are not giving me anything back and I need to cut them out Because I just need like a give-and-take Not even just from people but like or relationships but like my job or my hobbies, you know, the things I do on the side or the TV I watch that's I'm also like really picky about the TV I watch like I'm not gonna sit in front of the couch to decompress for 30 minutes and at the end of the episode be like oh, that kind of sucked like
0: well, if you sit in front of a couch you're watching a couch
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> you're right um
0: no but I, I totally agree I think that's something that I'm trying to learn too um and it sounds like Louise also values that
1: he definitely does and he doesn't he's, he's like me in that like he has a very select few people in his life where he will go out of his way to see, or like, anytime they're like, what are you doing tomorrow? He'll be like, hopefully seeing you, you know? And and that's to say, like, everyone adores Luis. He's always one of those people, like, he's one of those people, like, if you tell me you don't get along with him, I immediately know there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, he's just one of those for me. And I think even if we weren't really close, he would be one of those for me, because everyone... Adores him and everyone feels very close to him and very Comfortable with him and they probably are really close to him, but I also know he is like me in that Not that he doesn't let people in he'll let everyone in and I'll let everyone in too but If you start to like Pull negativity into his life He will start out by trying to bring positivity into yours, but if it just doesn't work He'll make time for you if there's time, but he would rather spend it on the people who Who want to be positive? Who want to be happy? You know, and I think that's really big for me.
0: I love that. Is do you? um, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this, but do you have like a favorite memory of you too that you could tell me, or one of them? I'm sure there's. God.
1: There's like little things we'll do that I really love. There's one memory. We go to this bar. near steps where they have shuffleboard and on each end of the shuffleboard they have these tiny little tables and we we would go get like a beer right and we take turns like buying around as you do when you go to bars with your friends and then like two games into shuffleboard we were like wait there's a table on each side of this this is so that we can each have two beers (laughs) so that we don't have to carry our beer across the table anymore (laughs) and like a dummy I was drinking double IPAs, which have, like, a very high alcohol content. And throughout the night, like, we were just, we always had two beers. Not, like, in our hands, but we always had two beers throughout the whole night. Um, and there were these people playing other board games, like, in the bar next to us. And it started out as this joke, not for their sake, that any time they were talking, I would turn to them and go, guys, shh! <laughs> we're playing shuffleboard, right? <laughs> But slowly, as I got more drunk, they started hearing me. And I was starting to really scream at these people Guys, we're playing shuffleboard. And Are you I was. <laughs> <laughs> and Louis said he wasn't embarrassed. He said, But only because I think he was also too drunk to be embarrassed. But I think we were pretty close to getting kicked out of the bar. And I don't. I remember parts of that because I was drinking double IPAs. We both kind of poured each other into a cab. I remember text like him texting me like that he was he just got off at his stop and he's going to get a chili dog. This was the last <laughs> I heard from him. I saw him at work. He's like, I lost my phone. I was like, did you check the deli? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, well, you text me that you were getting a chili dog from your bodega, which I judged. <laughs> but it's probably there. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> It was where he stopped to get a chili dog. Oh
0: my gosh, that's amazing. He didn't remember eating a no, chili dog. No, he didn't dog. remember.
1: <laughs> and, but it was still like, he took care of me that night. Doesn't remember getting a chili dog. Doesn't remember losing his phone. But remembers pouring me into a cab. And then on one of his most recent birthday, someone had the brilliant idea to like head down to, I don't even remember. Oh, Industry. It's a gay bar in Midtown. And he he was like okay at like 2 30 in the morning i was like no because at this point i was like i knew i was the one taking care of louise but it was her idea so we went she immediately leaves <laughs> so now it's me and louise i slowly start to get carried away with him we shut down the bar he doesn't remember any of it he doesn't remember me like lighting his cigarette for him as we walked down the street
0: i can't believe
1: you did that well i you? he needed a cigarette <laughs> But we just like you're so against cigarette smoking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I am. every every time he lights on, I'm like, I'm gonna tell Lisa Harvey he has a teacher. Oh, she probably shouldn't hear this episode. <laughs> Oops. Um every time he uh, he lights on up, I'm like, I'm gonna tell Lisa. And he's like, do not I do, I asked him one time, I was like, If if I if you could let me choose between telling Lisa Harvey or your mom who he's like, My mom, don't tell Lisa <laughs> Harvey It's <He's> like okay <laughs> So i like, joke with them. Like, threaten to tell Lisa Harvey about a secret. Yeah. That is so funny. Those are up there as far as my memories.
0: Well, now I want to do an episode with Louise because I feel like oh, you just told us his untold story, which is a, another question that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Um, and this doesn't have to be, like... The point of this isn't to, you know, have people come on here and tell me a secret. Like, I just kind of want to create a platform for people to feel heard in a mm-hmm. way that or something about them or something that they experience that they usually can't talk about or don't talk about or haven't gotten the chance to talk about yet. Um, and if you don't have anything, that's fine. But.
1: And I think um, the one that came to mind was this weird... I, I grew up very religious, um, Roman Catholic, and I went through... Like, all the beginning sacraments, baptism, First Communion, Confirmation. I think those are the first, like, big three ones. Clearly not a huge Catholic anymore. <laughs> part fine, of the story. I'm Jewish, I have no idea. Great. Um, but I did, I grew up very Catholic, and to the point where my mom was convinced, and I think I was for a while, too, that I was going to be a priest. And I would even, like, I would, I remember getting all the Lay's potato chips and finding all the really round ones, because they looked like the Eucharist, and oh, I would uh, put on a full mass because I knew exactly the structure, I knew like, and when we went to church, like you had to be dressed up, you had to wear like nice jeans, no shorts ever. Um, So I was very serious about it. And somewhere in like end of high school, I just kind of stopped going to mass. And now I know why, but I didn't know why at the time, it just stopped becoming important to me. And I think at the time I blamed it on like I was doing boy scouts i was doing karate i was doing dance you know there was just too much i had to let one fall off church i'll just let that fall off and i like i still went to church on sundays but i mean church in the practice of like outside of that building what that is can you explain that that's just like constant like reading your bibles saying your prayers at night um just kind of trying to like live quote unquote as jesus would um i was never one for like let me teach you about Jesus. Like, that wasn't my thing ever, but I definitely was almost constantly like, am I being Mm Christ-like? You know? Um, But that kind of just, like, fell away. And I thought it was just because, like, I don't have time to think about it. And I'm probably okay. I'm probably Christ-like. You know, I think I just, like, accepted. And then, obviously, like, my sophomore year was, like, the beginning of it was, like, the reason I I left school early was because I had failed a class within my major that was only offered in the spring semesters fall semesters so when I failed it and in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of people I worked with there and since I failed it pretty unfairly um but because I wouldn't have an opportunity to take it again in the fall it would have meant a five-year plan and I was like I don't have time or money for that I'm not doing it it was a big reason why I left um but as I was going through all that that failure after I decided it was one of the best things that happened, even during my spring semester, my sophomore year one of the best parts of my college experience, but that fall semester while I was failing was one of the low points of my life coming to that point, because like I was the first to go to college, and my, my family, like, everyone back home was like you're gonna be on Broadway, you're gonna be famous like, they had so much faith in me, and here I was like, on the track to do it and failing. You know what I mean? So I was in pretty like great turmoil. I was kind of like losing my identity. I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. And I remember there was a small church on the way from like our main school for the for theater. Heading towards the apartments that are like mainly dorms that I lived in at the time. And it I was passed by it. And that night I stopped and I wanted to go in because back home, like, and I think here too, church, like the rule of the Roman Catholic churches is like, they're always open because they're supposed to be a place of, um, what's it called? Uh, like refuge and sanctuary. Huh. It's supposed like, to be a sanctuary. So anytime, Any Anybody, anytime. 24 hours. Yeah. They should be able to go in there and seek sanctuary and seek refuge. And so it's supposed to be open. This one wasn't, it's not a college campus. It's not like actually a church, you know. But I remember it was um, it was like really late. I parked in there, and I was like, "Oh my God, is this what's missing?" Because it was as a kid, the thing I could point to is like the thing that always like kept me light and afloat and optimistic, because I knew like God was there, and you know. So I remember getting out of the car. And trying to go in it's locked so i just knelt down and started praying in front of it on like the brick and it started pouring wow. and i started sobbing and i was like oh my god i've turned away from my faith so hard um and i was certain like oh i need to i need to pick the church back up and, and bring it back into my life turns out no like i was just like i just needed something like sometimes You just need something to say yes to you. Like, I think that's something we all feel. If everything's saying no, you kind of start to, like, fuck. Yeah. But that was just something I think now looking back, like, it always says yes to you as a practitioner. Like, if you're willing to go to church and, like, read the Bible, it's always kind of saying yes to you if you read it the right way. And I think that's all I wanted was an easy acceptance from something or someone. Because now, and I knew then, I fell out of love with the Catholic faith, and especially Christianity, just because, like, it's just filled with, like, bloodlust, and crime, and patriarchy, and it's just, like, I can't get behind it in any way, and any of the things it does, or says it wants, or believes in, and, like, I don't think I, like, it'll ever be anything that comes back into my life, but for that moment, like, I thought I was like, convinced I needed it. And it's just weird that I was so, at an old age, I was, like, 19 at the time, I was so, like, grateful for it. It's just weird, that, like, that was relatively recent, and it's something, the Catholic faith is something I would never, ever lean on or or look into or or hope to find strength in ever again, but I really did in that moment.
0: Are you religious in any way now?
1: I'm really spiritual. um, Especially, even in that, like, if I did follow a religion, it's not even a religion, it's a spirituality, and that's Buddhism. But I'm very spiritual. I think there's, like, too much we don't know that science just kind of goes, oh, I don't know, about once you get to a certain point. um, to, To think that there's not... Something energetic or spiritual going on. So, yeah, spiritual.
0: Yeah, I think I feel similarly, and I, I'm also just I was thinking when you were saying that everything was saying no to you. Where, when um, this, when did that happen in relationship to your relationship with your first love?
1: Yeah, that have been about the same time. I probably I was probably. We are probably, like, had just broken up, maybe. You know, and I, of course, because you come, from, like, you're the big fish in a small pond, like, you know, I went off thinking, like, this is going to be so easy. Like, I, I'm going to be such a hit everywhere. Like, I, I was convinced, like, best in college. Come out here, make Broadway in a year. Five years later, be leading on Broadway six years later be leading in films. Like I was convinced that's just a story that was told because this is the big fish back home. And you know, you just run into this brick wall. So I think I just wanted to I that church for me was like, oh that at least is always there. And that's mm-hmm. I guess still true. That would always be there. And like even if I changed careers, you know, moved out of the city went back to school church could always be an option but I know that like now because of like because I am more spiritual I don't need it I don't need like the thing I don't like about religion a lot too is the um, the what's it called around it like you have to it has to be in this building you have to donate this amount of money you have to call yourself this you have to preach you have to all the like the word for it.
0: I'm talking about um like the standards or the requirements
1: or kinda like the requirements and the structure around. The
0: assumptions,
1: no. No. It's just that like it's not enough to just like feed yourself with that spirituality or what it's teaching. You also have to like spread it. And you have to come here on this day and you have to give this amount of money. And for me that's like a big oxymoron of religion and spirituality for me is like spirituality should just be about feeding yourself and if it's done right you're gonna feed others because you're a more whole complete person and you're not feeding them through your spirituality you're feeding them because of it because you're just a better person and, and a kinder person and someone who's more willing to reach out and help someone in need yeah and I think if you, if you would, like, as a Christian, because as a Christian, you be like, wait, you Christian? <laughs> you are? Okay, do you need help? You know?
0: Right, right. That's interesting. Well, thanks for chatting. Yeah, thanks. I feel like now's a, I don't you probably can hear in listeners of podcasts, there's apparently some construction happening, and there is someone drilling holes, maybe, across the hall. But, um, sorry if that's interfering with the little end of this podcast, but, yeah, thanks for listening, and thanks for being here.